Hi, welcome to the Founders for Good Bite Size Edition, where every week we'll be sharing a short clip of a founder chatting about a particular problem that exists in the world and how we go about solving that problem. This week we have Yusuf Darwich, co-founder of Nosso. After working at a number of fintechs, Yusuf got interested in the area of financial advice and family finance. Realising there was a gap in the market for products that enable parents and families to invest in their children's future, he set up Nosso. In this episode, Yusuf chats about the pros and cons of saving versus investing, financial literacy in the UK, and Nosso's approach to helping parents provide for their kids. I start by asking Yusuf the common routes people take when saving money for their children. Yeah, yeah. So um, I think that there's kind of three main types. There's there's more than three types of account, but there's three main ones. Um, junior savings accounts tend to be the most popular. They work a little bit like your or my say, adult savings account, except it's for your kid. And so what that means is it tends to pay a pretty low interest rate, but it's easy access. You can put money in whenever you want and you can get money out whenever you want. Um, and because they're the ones that the banks tend to offer, they tend to be kind of the most common, the most popular, the most well-known about. Um, you then get junior ISAs, which is um, kind of a, a government um, tax incentivized way to put money aside for your kids. And there's two types of those, the stocks and shares ISAs and there's cash ISAs. I guess the main difference between that and the junior savings account is that the money is locked up until the kid turns 18. So it really is designed by the government as a way to kind of put aside long-term money for for, um, for, for your children's futures. Um, then there's a few other ones. I'd say the third one that popped up quite a lot when we were doing our user research at the beginning is actually premium bonds. Um, and it tended to be kind of grandparents um, gifting premium bonds to grandchildren when they were first born. Um, and in case anyone kind of doesn't know how premium bonds work, they're, they're like prize um savings account kind of so you put money in and on average you're going to get a really low interest rate but because it's done in a prize manner i.e you know every month there's a draw and you could win bigger prizes um every now and then you do hear a story of someone you know who, whose kid won millions um from from prize bonds um from from premium bonds sorry um so they were like the three most popular types of accounts. Um, each of them have kind of their own unique use case and their own, you know, pros and cons. Um, but I think, you know, one of the things that kind of that I feel super passionately about is actually, you know, your kids, your kids future is a long time away. Yet the vast majority of the products I've just mentioned, so junior savings accounts, junior cash ISAs and premium bonds, the majority of them are interest based and pay a really low rate of interest, which actually gets eroded away by inflation, you know, uh, over time, right. Um, and that was one of the things that I kind of kept hearing over and over again, how all like these parents who might have invested for themselves in some format or another, just kind of kept defaulting to these savings options and basically leaving a lot of money on the table when it comes to their kids their kids futures because they're not you know making the money grow as as, as well as it can be if they invested it yeah makes makes a lot of sense and yeah i'm starting to dig a bit more into kind of like finance and how how all these things work and it starts to make me realize like just putting some money in the savings account or just sat in my bank account is not actually the money's not working for you when inflation's increasing the pound's getting weaker that you you kind of losing money actually just having it sat there rather than it like working for you smartly and you always you always kind of learn that 
the hard way. Like I, you know, I was responsible for those kind of mistakes as well early on in my career where like, if I think back to like probably the biggest financial mistake I made, it's yeah. When I first started working and having a bit of disposable income, my money just sat in my bank account. And, you know, it took me a little while to kind of realize actually it could be doing something different. And, you know, in those years, the stock market was going like only in one direction and that was up as well. So, you know, I, in hindsight, I would have loved to have been investing earlier, but ultimately like, you know, most people eventually learn that. I think one of our jobs is to try to teach people that important life lesson kind of as early as possible, um, you know, be the, whether they're parents or in due time the children. Um, you know, it's just kind of our job to encourage more people to to kind of, you know, invest, albeit with the risks associated with it. And and when we kind of look at the root cause, so you mentioned kind of what the, the common options are and, and some of the, the challenges that come with those Um do you think, you know, putting yourself in the parents' shoes, which we both are, is, is the issue like just lack of like financial education and the UK is actually really poor for like financial literacy and understanding what your options are and, and how to use money? Is it like convenience? It's just that like I bank with this bank and I'm going to just open a savings account for my child there. What do you think some of the bigger issues and reasons for so? Uh, I, I think both the ones you mentioned are accurate in some format, right? Like if we take the financial education one first, um, yes, I do think as a, as a country, um, we aren't um, that well educated when it comes to our finances. Um, and I think you can see that in, in, in kind of some of the stats, um, you know, so if you compare the parents saving versus investing, you know, a lot more save versus an invest. Um, and it's because like investing has been, um, I guess like we, we get taught growing up to not take risks when really maybe we should talk, get taught to think about the risks that we take and basically quantify them. And so as soon as you start hearing that investing carries risk, your money could go down, et cetera, straight away, everything that you've been taught kind of tells you, no, like stay away from this risk is bad. Um, when really, you know, you're an entrepreneur, right? You, you eventually get to a position where you realize actually some risk is necessary to, to, to get ahead in life. And I think, unfortunately, we don't get taught enough of that um, uh, early on. Um, but, by, you know, for me, I think one of the most interesting and like kind of um, f funny things, I guess, is that despite, you know, so much of the UK population being scared of investing, those exact same people probably all invest every month through their pension without even knowing about it. Um, and so it does come down to education once again, because you talk to anyone about investing, like, no, I'd never invest. I wouldn't, you know, I wouldn't touch it with a barge pole. Um, okay, do you have a pension? Yes. Okay, well, <laughs> chances are you've been investing in exactly the same thing there, right? Um and yeah, so for me, that's like an education piece um, and only through better education and through kind of better initiatives as well from kind of, you know, the government, the FCA, et cetera, will, will, um, will people become more comfortable investing. So that's kind of the investing piece. But I do think you, you, you raise a really good point around kind of like ease, um, accessibility and kind of what you're used to. So yes, the big banks do tend to offer savings products versus investing products. So that is something that naturally you've gone with them. They're the easy option. You'll you'll continue to go with them but i think another one and an area that we're looking at quite closely is um the kind of tax incentivized scheme to invest for your children or to save for your children even so the, the junior isa um is pretty rigid in the way it works so it locks the money up until the kid turns 18 and at the age of 18 your kid gets kind of full access to that money it goes straight away in their name and i know kind of you know as a parent 
both of those two things can worry you a little bit, right? Like on one hand, you think, okay, but like teenage kids are expensive. They're going to have sports. They're going to have music, um, maybe even school fees that, that you've got to pay for, right? Am I really comfortable locking all that money up until they turn 18? Um, and on the other piece, it's like, okay, and when they turn 18, you know, I remember what I was like as an 18-year-old, and I'd like to think I was one of the, the more kind of sensible ones. Um, so, you know, there is a little bit of doubt in people's minds. And I think like where that's the only real product available to you, it does make it a little bit um, of a tough decision. It's like, okay, should I actually, you know, save or invest in my kids' futures when 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 that's the only product available to me? And, you know, so that's why, like, for us, for example, you know, there are other products, but the majority of people don't know about them. You know, you hear the word trust and straight away you associate it with someone who's super wealthy, but actually they can work for, for you know, the the kind of everyday family i guess and they can give you a little bit more flexibility and control over your kids savings your kids investments and how and when you can use them um so that's kind of the other part it's you know a bit of financial education but it's also accessibility and you know how the products are structured in the first place that's that makes parents a little bit um, um uncomfortable maybe to take that first step yeah, makes a lot of sense. Um, and so let's talk about Nosso. So could you, for the listeners, just give an overview of what Nosso is, what you do? The, the probably simplest way to put it is Nosso is, a, is an app that helps families come together to invest for children or grandchildren's futures. Um, and I say families there because I think that's one of the unique things about our product is the way we bring the whole family together. So as I mentioned at the beginning, this isn't just an account for one parent open to invest for their for their child. The partner can have access as well. Grandparents, godparents, aunts and uncles, they can all invest as well. Um, it all gets invested to a shared goal. It's all done in as tax efficient a way as, as possible, really, depending on kind of what it is that the parent needs. And I think, you know, one of the, you know, one of the softer features that, that we love is basically the ability to leave messages, pictures um, uh, with every contribution as well. So, you know, it really does end up being this kind of family money slash uh, memory capsule that the kid can get when they're 18 so you're not just giving them a check of a check of money and saying you know en enjoy yourself when you're older it's actually and like here are all the memories of how the family came together to, to invest it for you <laughs>